Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee Conversations with Adele. I'm your host, Adele Tevlin, and I am so thrilled to be bringing to you this new season, this new ideation of my podcast. In each podcast episode, I am going to be featuring a guest, a friend, a colleague in the space, a thought leader, someone who I would be having coffee with, and you can be getting the behind the scenes of what it's really like to sit down and have a real conversation with me and some of these amazing human beings. The purpose of this podcast is for you to deeply connect uh, with me and the people in my life that I care deeply about, for you to get to know something about me that you don't already know, and for you to gain a new perspective. Every every, uh, podcast guest that I feature will push the boundaries in bringing a new perspective, which allows you to tap into a new point of view. So I can't wait to dive into today's episode. Every obstacle holds the key. Okay, so what does this mean? So let me read you a quote from one of my favorite authors. His name is U.S. Anderson, and he has a book that I love called The Magic in Your Mind. If you want to pick that up, it's an amazing book to study. I'll probably go in and out of it throughout the course of this year. But the quote is this, and this is one of those quotes that I read it and it was like one of those, it was, it hit me so hard. And every time I read it, it's, it's kind of like, I hear it at a new level of awareness. So the quote is this, in every obstacle lies the key to to another level of awareness. And until we find the key, we cannot grow. Let me read it again. In every obstacle lies the key to the next or another level of awareness. And until we find the key, we cannot grow. This is so profound because it's like what it's saying is the obstacle has the code to the next step. Imagine if you understand coding and I talk about coding like a frequency. There's so many ways you can distinguish the word code, but it's like inside the obstacle lies the code to the next step. But most humans are raised to do what? Run away from the obstacle, avoid the obstacle, push the obstacle away, procrastinate. The obstacle, the Stoics call it, is the way. You might want to just sit with that. Honestly, if you just sat and really thought about that idea alone, it would change not just how you view the world, but the actions that you took. The obstacle is the way. Everything that you're experiencing in your life right now that you feel is an obstacle holds the key to the next level of your growth. Every client who doesn't want to pay, every uh, interpersonal issue and conflict that you're dealing with, every feeling of frustration, every feeling of overwhelm, every feeling of anxiety holds the key. For without it, there's nowhere to grow. Because here's what we're doing over a lifetime. We're growing and evolving forever. See, Proctor used to say something that basically was kind of like his mantra. I, sorry, I just feel emotional when I, when I think about him. But it's, he, he, says, he said the only thing we ever do in this lifetime is be, become more aware of our oneness with God. 
The only thing we ever do in this lifetime is become more aware of our consciousness. The only thing we ever do in this lifetime is become more aware of our oneness with, with this one creative power that is. That's all we're doing here. Whether you're with me for a year, a month, seven years, I mean, I'll, you know, however long I'm doing this or anyone else that you end up doing it with, the only thing you're ever doing here is becoming more aware of your oneness with that creative power. That's it. And so it's one thing to intellectualize that and go, yeah, I, I, I can understand that intellectually, but where you become the embodiment of that work is where it gets really interesting. So what does that mean? The embodiment is living like that's the truth. See, some of you, raise your hand if you can see the difference for yourself. I'm intellectually understanding this versus I'm living it like it's the truth. Raise your hand if you feel like you're actually living it like it's the truth yet. Okay, a couple people. So this is where the work is. See, here's the thing. If I were just to teach this work like a teacher, so I could basically just piggyback on other people's learnings and teach it to you. It's kind of what a teacher does, right? They say, well, you know, this one thing happened to this person and blah, blah, blah. But why would I teach is powerful? And why would I teach the way I teach it is powerful? Is I teach it embedded with the wisdom and the codes that I have myself gotten from this work. Does this make sense when I say that to you? I'm a living embodiment of the work. I share my struggles. I share my joys. I share my pains. I share that I'm walking with you forever. I share like, this is actually what happened to me. This is actually the embodiment of what it was to hit my first seven figures. This is also all the problems that came with it. This is also the next level. I share the embodiment of the work. So you could try to teach someone what I'm teaching you, but if you've not embodied it, it's not going to land. The embodiment is where you become magnetic. The embodiment is where you're like, the only thing I'm ever doing in this lifetime is becoming one with this creative power, recognizing there's no separation. So what does that provide me? A level of security, a level of faith, a level of knowing that no matter what problem is coming into my stratosphere, I can deal with it. What's the biggest problem that you have right now? Write that down. What's the biggest problem you're facing right now? If you were to look at it like inside of that specific problem lies the key, lies the code, lies the next step. And if only I stop avoiding it, and if only I stop giving it the wrong meaning, and if only I stop making myself victim to the problem, and I actually look at it face on and I say, wow, what about this holds the treasure? Joseph Campbell said, the cave that you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. How come all of these people, these, let's call them modern day prophets, these prophetic humans are all saying the same thing. The cave you're scared to enter holds the treasure you seek. The thing you're so afraid to look at, the biggest problem that you're experiencing, right? Can't pay my bills. I, you know, I'm dealing with a divorce. I, I you know, going through whatever I'm going through holds the treasure you seek. But this is why most people never find the treasure. Why? Because they think that the road is, is paved with gold. But the truth is it's paved with shit sandwiches. And you've heard me that say that before. And it is. Isn't that the truth? Ain't that the fucking truth? It's paved with shit sandwiches. And it causes you to form a level of resilience to be like, 
hey, you know, rather than running away from this today, what if I looked at it head on? What would happen? Ev so write this down. Every problem is trying to teach you something to continue in your growth. What's it trying to teach you? So let me give you a for instance. And this is why this work is, and I've said, you, you know, you've all heard me, some of you've heard me say this for two years in a row or however long you've been with me. I feel like since the beginning of the pandemic, I guess we've been here. So that's a long fucking time. So one of the things I love about this work is it's the, the onion that keeps peeling itself back. Have some of you had that experience? Like just when you think you've had the breakthrough and you've learned everything you need to know, I'm done here, shit sandwich. And you're like, I know nothing. I absolutely know nothing. So, right. So that's really good because that gives you a level of humility to know that you know absolutely nothing about anything. That's a great place to start. Anyone here who thinks they've got it figured out? No, there's nothing. If it's not, it's an, it's a growth over a lifetime. So let me give you a, for instance, for me, when I say this, every problem is trying to teach me something. So I've talked a lot about, and we're going to talk about this on Monday's workshop, uh, for those of you that are going to be, be there about like perfectionism and control and, um, you know, attachment styles and loving detachments and anxiety and all those things. So when you're someone who, and how all that's linked to a trauma response, essentially, right? None of that is a good thing, just to be clear. None, none of those qualities are good, okay? <laughs> none of those qualities are anything you should be striving for, is what I'm trying to say. So what, what, I, what I realized in my recovery of those things, or as I recover from those things, is that that's all linked to a core wound of not feeling good enough or worthy, okay? Everyone clear on that? No one becomes a perfectionist because they feel worthy. It's actually the opposite. But we're, I'm going to distinguish positive and negative perfectionism in the workshop. There's a distinction. I'm not doing that here today, but so at the root of all my perfectionism, at the root of all of my controlling tendencies, especially when I'm anxious, at the root of my anxiety, actually, and at the root of my, of my, uh, how I used to attach in relationships was very anxious with people because my relationship with my mom um, was so toxic. So as a result of that, I became an overgiver. Anyone here an overgiver? You give, you either are or you're not. So it's not this, okay? You know if you're an overgiver. What is an overgiver? An overgiver is someone, it actually, it's, the condition is called human giver syndrome, okay? Um, coined by two women. I, I don't know their name off, offhand, but I can find it for you. So overgivers or human giver syndrome, it happens a lot in the medical profession. It happens a lot with therapists. It happens a lot with people that care for other people is that we give of ourselves. We, 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 we don't honor our needs first. We honor other people's needs first. So does that distinguish it more? So if you're a human giver syndrome, or if you're an overgiver, it's that you take care of others first at the expense of yourself. What does this lead to? Burnout, depression, anxiety, resentment. Yeah, exactly. So what's interesting is um, in my 20s, I suffered from depression and I had to go on medication. Well, the doctor told me to. And it was actually, that was the start of, and I was already at McGill doing my master's in neuropsych and stuff, but it was my own journey of, of depression and anxiety that started me on this path to discovering what was really going on inside myself. 
and I actually healed, like I actually got off the antidepressants, I think within two months and then started to deal with what was actually going at the core, which was my unlove, like unlovability essentially. Right. And as a result of that, I realized that every relationship I was in, it was like, if I give a lot of myself, somebody will love me. The problem with that is that it's conditional on you giving all of yourself. And what happens is that you have nothing to give yourself. Now, relationships should not be conditional, but we're taught as kids that they are. So I, for 20 years, however, 20, yeah, 20 years, I was 21. Yeah, 21 years, um, I've been healing this. 21 years, I've been healing it. It didn't happen overnight. I'm not gonna lie to you. It didn't happen in a weekend and it didn't happen in a month. I am in constant healing of this overgiving. Now, what's the, what's the point of this? The point of this is that I am currently at a juncture in my life where I'm noticing that pattern again. Isn't that interesting? Thought I had healed it. Noticing myself going into overgiving, noticing myself going into fatigue, noticing myself going into burnout, noticing myself not honoring my needs. Still there. It's always going to be there. I have to be vigilant about it. See, that's the deal. It's not just like one day you wake up and you're the Buddha sitting on a mountain. Although if that happens to you, like Mazel Tov, and I'd love to hear about your experience, but it's probably not going to happen to you. I've been doing this for 21 years. I live this work. I teach this work. I embody this work. I breathe this work. It's all I talk about all day fucking long. It's all I study. It's all I do. It's all, it's just this. And I still have to catch myself going, what's the problem here? The problem is I'm stretched too thin. It's one of me and there's 300 of you. What, what's happening? Overgiving. Okay, great. What's the solution? It caused me to really think of that, which is amazing because I know encoded in this problem that we're experiencing is like our business is just going to go. Like the team and I had this amazing conversation yesterday where I was like, I need your guys help. And it empowered them to be like, yes, let's, let's do that. Right. What do we need to do? Right. So that we can keep providing the value at this level without Adele having to burn herself out. No good to you if I'm burnt out. But this is a raw, honest conversation that most mentors don't have with people because it's all unicorns and rainbows. It's not all unicorns and rainbows. At every level, you're going to have a problem in your life. And that problem has the code to the next level. I got excited about that conversation yesterday with my team. I was like, I know inside this conversation, something amazing is going to happen. Do you feel what I'm saying here today? I got excited. I was like, wow, I don't have to stress. You don't have to stress. There's a solution to your problem. You don't have to overgive to get love. You don't have to go into resentment. That's a trauma response. So I'm saying this all to you today because I want you to understand that you even being in the energy of someone going through these things all the time you, what happens in that, in that dynamic is that you also can embody some of that wisdom. If you allow yourself to, you don't actually have to necessarily go through some of that pain to embody the wisdom. So what I want you to notice today are a couple of things. If you are an overgiver, okay. And you're giving from a place of lack, this is not good. If you're giving from a place of abundance, this is very good. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Coffee Conversations. It really means the world to me that you take time every week to listen to now a very thought-provoking conversation with me and some of my close friends and peers in the industry, a little bit of a behind-the-scenes, a dialogue of what it would be like to have coffee with me and some of my friends who are thought leaders in this space. And I just want you to know something that you're so worthy of success and you can have whatever it is that you desire. I believe in you and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.